Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of Starside Chat. I am one of your hosts, and I am joined by Zach. Hello, I'm the other host. How's it going, Zach? Uh, pretty well, I guess. Not a whole lot going on lately. What about you? No. Uh, I have been, we don't have to talk about this in the show, but I've been watching all of the Mission Impossibles, uh, I told you earlier. (laughs) <laughs> in preparation for Mission Impossible 7. What one are you up seven. to now? Uh, I just watched the third one. I'm going to watch 4 and 5 this weekend. And then 6 comes out on the 27th. That's why I said 7, because it's on the 27th. Yeah. Now, I w- wish that you were marathoning The Expanse and stuff. I know. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, I mean, that could be a fun thing, too, marathoning all the Mission Impossibles leading up to the new one. I probably will watch some Expanse this weekend, but... For now, I'm just uh, I'm all about Mission Impossible, and they're so different because I had never seen the first or second one, and the first and second ones are vastly different from yeah. three, four, five. They're well, they're so different from the later ones, but they're also so very different from each other. Also very true. Yeah, the first one is like very. It almost feels like a '70s or '80s movie, and there's a lot of spy craft in it. Like there's almost no gadgets, and it's very suspenseful. And the second one is all about, like, action and, like, globetrotting, which is pretty yeah. crazy. Well, it's a John Woo movie, so it's it's very John Woo. Like, there are doves everywhere and, like, There's doves s- everywhere. slow-mo diving and shooting. You know what else was something? I thought about this after we had talked about it, but there's two, maybe three, I think there's only two instances where someone breaks someone else's neck and it's completely silent, which I thought was weird. Is it? I, it's been yeah. so long since I've seen that movie that I don't There's no, that. like, crazy crack sound, which is, like, true to life. There wouldn't be a crazy crack sound, but it's jarring because, like, the first scene is them in that uh, airplane, and he's like, uh, Should, don't call me this name anymore because, actually, I'm somebody else. Oh, and then yeah. he reaches over, breaks that guy's neck, and it's completely silent. And I was like, did he just knock him out? Or no, he twisted his neck. I guess he's dead. Well, but... there's, that, there's that, like, musical... Thing that they do where it's like a rock like a <laughs> m- little bit of rock music over top of that instead so yeah i guess that was their way of making it so it's not like super gruesome but whatever have you been watching anything lately uh not lately no i i wanted to go see that skyscraper movie actually but i did not go see it yeah i want to see that as well i love the rock and I have been uh, sort of marathoning The Expanse again uh, with my dad because he had never watched it yet. Uh, but we have not really hung out lately, so I have not <laughs> seen any more of that either. So, uh, But yeah, no, not really. Nothing. Well, should we get to the news? I guess, yeah, let's do it. A lot of releases this week. The first thing, uh, I thought this was coming out on Tuesday, but... It's coming on Thursday for some reason, which is weird to me. But uh, there was a long-promised DL- free DLC that was coming out for Enter the Gungeon, which is a great little roguelike that I love. It's available on Switch, but I have it on PC. Uh, and it's called Advanced Gungeons and Dragons, and it adds a ton more like room variation, a ton more items and like weapons and uh it's gonna be it's a huge content update and it's completely free so if you have enter the gungeon definitely boot it up on thursday or if you don't have it you should totally buy it because it's usually on sale 
and uh, it's going to make a, a good game even better. Yeah, I wonder if it's been on sale during the uh, Steam sale or not. I'm sure it was. It usually like because it's also been out for a while, so that's like a hallmark of something that would go on sale for super cheap. Like GTA has been out forever, and it's always on sale like fifty to seventy five percent off on Steam sales. So yeah, Enter the Gungeon is super fun, and everybody should check it out. And this content update is going to be fun stuff. I like the sound of the name Gungeons and Dragons. I thought that was cool. <laughs> Uh, but this this has this is not in our show notes. But speaking of sales, did you get anything cool during the Amazon Prime Day or whatever? You know, I thought about I wanted to get uh, some of those Philips Hue light bulbs, uh, the ones that yeah. are changing colors. But yeah. there was not a great, there wasn't a, a great discount from what I wanted. So I think I'm just going to wait until Black Friday and see if they get discounted even more. Also, I heard of something where. They're trying to get rid of their inventory for first and second gen of Philips Hue bulbs because third and fourth gen have been out for a while and they just want to clo- like get rid of all the stock of first and second because some of them are a little bit janky. Hmm. So I'm also kind of leery because the, th- the YouTube video I watched about that was like only three months old. So I was like, oh, I don't know if I need to wait a little bit. So hmm. I don't know. I'm going to hang out until Black Friday. And that was the only thing I was really in the market for. What about you? Did you pick up anything? I no, I didn't. I tried to sign up for all the giveaways because I wanted to get lucky and get. I did like too. A, yeah, I did. I signed up for a ton of them. <laughs> yeah, there was like an 80 inch uh, 4K TV and like a 75 inch 4K TV, and yeah. so I signed up for both of those. And there was like a phone and some other like little things that I signed up for. Uh, I don't have high hopes for that, but uh, you never know. I, I could be watching That's, two yeah. giant 4K TVs. Super good point. Yeah, you could put one of them in your bathroom. <laughs> that would be awesome I also I think I signed up for like I feel like I watched a ton of the same ad over and over again because I have yeah. been signing up for like almost every giveaway that looks interesting to me so I signed up for like 20 or 30 things mm-hmm. stuff I don't even need like a rice cooker or like a new washing machine <laughs> that would be cool I mean I could sell it yeah well that was the other thing i thought of there was a lot of things i scrolled past i was like well i don't really want this but maybe i could sell it and so i would like sign up for that too you just watch a 30 second ad yeah this uh this next thing you put on here i did so going back to our list of things that are releasing this week far cry 5's mars dlc released uh today as we're recording this but it will have already been out by the time this podcast goes up uh, it is not getting great reviews. Oh, really? Yeah. Which, uh, you know, whatever. It's, it's a DLC add-on. It's a little bit more of the game. Uh, I liked the aesthetic of it because it was so different from, like, the base game. Uh, and it, it seemed, from what I've seen, it has kind of a Starship Troopers vibe because you're, like, killing these sort of bug-like aliens mm. on Mars. And uh, but you do have to deal with like the the characters from like the base game, and they're like kind of annoying hicks. But uh, at the same time, some people like really love those characters because they're so like off the wall. So I get why are they in? Why are they on Mars? I I haven't played it yet, so I don't know the exact details as to how they get there. I just know one of them ends up on Mars and ends up uh, getting Nick, who I think is the pilot eventually, to uh, also get beamed up to Mars or whatever. 
And so you're kind of uh, you're playing as Nick, I believe, uh, throughout this thing. And oh, interesting. I want to say at some point it probably crosses over and ties into that one side qu- quest that I was telling you about, and I, I put oh, up yeah, a yeah. video of uh, with that one guy that eventually gets beamed up and he leaves <laughs> you this like cool like alien blaster gun, which uh, we put up a video on our uh, the channel about it, but. Uh, yeah, I want. I'm keep wondering if uh, when that's gonna come back around, or if it does at all during this DLC. But uh, yeah, I guess the the critics aren't in love with it for some reason. But uh, I kind of still want to check it out. Maybe I'll do that, and we'll put up a video for it. So yeah, I would be interested to see. Um, I think I talked about this last week, but uh, today as we're recording this, Sonic Mania Plus also came out. It adds uh, two characters. Uh, one of them is Mighty the Armadillo. I f- Ray the Squirrel, Flying Squirrel is the other one. Uh, and it also adds an encore mode with like remixed levels. And the encore mode is sort of like, it kind of gets rid of lives. Like instead of lives, you just collect characters basically that you can swap between, which is interesting hmm. and very different for a Sonic game. But uh, yeah. I'm going to pick it up. I think it's only like five bucks. So I'm definitely going to download it and play it because uh, I, I love Sonic, and I love Sonic Mania. So. I'd like to do a video on this, because I kind of want to see what this is all about, and I have no intention of playing it myself, but I want to see uh, <laughs> you play it and tell me about it. Yeah, I would do that. I would make a little video. I'll uh, review it. Yeah, that would be great. We should definitely start doing some reviews. Um, speaking of which, maybe next week I will play some of the new Overwatch hero Wrecking Ball, and maybe I'll do some recording and uh, we can talk about the new character and get a sense of what he plays like because he will be live uh, on everything. Like, he's been out on the the PTR, which is, I think, like the test servers for Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he will be officially live for everyone to play on July 24th. That's so next week. So That's I'm exciting. interested to I check out. I thought his name out. was Hammond. So the character's name is Hammond, but, like... He's the this little a hamster, and he's in this like mech thing. And so his hero name, I guess, with the oh. mech is called Wrecking Ball. It's weird, but uh, yeah. So that that's gonna come out, and I'm I'm very interested to check him out. I like playing tanks, so uh, mm-hmm. this seems like a character that I I might have some fun with. Uh, this so this next article isn't necessarily game related, but I thought it was interesting because we sometimes talk about movies. Were you aware of this movie, Asura? I wasn't, but I was just reading this article that uh, you put in our show notes about it, and uh, this is kind of interesting news, yeah. So I was only aware of this because of the trailer. I watched the trailer, and then I guess completely forgot about it, because I just rewatched it, and I was like, oh, I've seen this. But the trailer, I think I posted on Reddit, because it was so insane. Like, the production values, this is the first $100 million Chinese movie, I think, uh, and so the production value is crazy. Like, it, uh, the reason I liked it was because it had this weird little puppet man falling around that looked like basically an upturned pumpkin with a cloak. But uh, the story, I'm not really sure about. The trailer has subtitle. Anyway, the uh, the main thing about this. So Isura was like the first like big big budget China film, Chinese film. Yeah, China's most expensive movie ever made. They put it out this weekend. And it made, like, $7 million. <laughs> <laughs> so they did something that I don't think 
has ever happened before. It would probably never happen in America. They were like, we're taking the movie out of theaters. We're going to change it. We're going to re-edit it. Oh, I think we're going to shoot new scenes, and then we're going to re-release it. And it's going to be a different movie. Yeah, that is bizarre. That's really that crazy insane? to me. That's completely bonkers. So they're they're literally like, all right, so this movie's not making money, but we have to like recoup you know, some of our losses on this. So let's mm-hmm. pull it from theaters, change <laughs> almost everything about it. How much more is that going to cost you? And then yeah. send it back out to theaters and hope it does better the next time. I, I guess maybe the one thing that will be their saving grace is that it's now this like big, like news story. So them, them pulling it from theaters, maybe they'll get some, some interest from people who are like, all right, what is this all about? What's going on here? Well, so here's something else I wonder, because now I want to see it. But yeah, yeah. Do you think there's a way for us to watch the original? Do you think they'll ever release the part that was, or the version that was in theaters initially? I don't know. That's a good question. I wonder, well, the one thing is maybe when it comes out on like DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, it might have like a special edition that comes with like the original edit of the movie. But I, yeah, I don't think that's going to release in theaters is like, here's the original, here's the update. I don't know. Yeah. Like the closest thing I can think of would be, and this is not close at all, but like when, uh, clue came out it had all Mm, those different endings like depending on the theater you went to yeah but that's not even that's not really similar to this and when they put that on a dvd it just like has all the endings at the end but this is a completely different movie like this is like that fabled uh secret cut of uh justice league that (laughs) uh what is the detail of that like the i don't know there's like a one that people want yeah, I think it was just supposed to be much longer, and I don't know. Who was the original director of that? Um, Zach Snyder. Zach Snyder. Snyder. Yeah, yeah, they want to release the Zack Snyder cut or whatever, but people say it doesn't exist, and some people say it does exist. But yeah, this is like this is like if they released like a bat, like a Batman or like a Justice League movie, and then it did terribly, and then they were like, "All right, forget that." give us like a month <laughs> we're gonna re-release well, it the thing is yeah this is like uh like a fan it's like a fantasy epic for people that aren't like gonna go track down the trailer to this thing so like they're comparing it to something like maybe lord of the rings so say lord of the rings is this huge project and they've spent all this money on it and, th- and maybe they've even made multiple movies and they've like thrown a bunch of resources into it and then the first movie flops so terribly that they're like all right <laughs> we have like all this money put into this like we gotta we somehow make some money from this we can't stop the train but we gotta change tracks somehow yeah exactly i don't i don't know that's that is crazy it's pretty unprecedented i would say but now i do want to watch it I also, yeah, this is something I will definitely, if it comes out on Google Play, I'll definitely rent it. Because I think the trailer is definitely worth a watch because it's so, the production values are so high and it's also like very, it's not hard to follow because obviously it's like a boy who is like important and then he gets taken to a magical land, but it's just like a bunch of crazy stuff is going on and I, (laughs) I, I'm interested. I was interested before this, but now I'm like very interested. Yeah. (laughs) I'm also I like I'd never heard of this before and, until I saw it in the show notes and now I really want to see it. So would you watch an uncharted film starring I, Nathan Fillion? I would. And this is like 
almost the exact opposite of the last story that we were just talking <laughs> about. So what if I told you that there was an Uncharted movie starring Nathan Fillion as Nathan Drake, uh, but it's a short movie, like, a sh- uh, like maybe a fan film that w- is c- sort of proof of concept that might hopefully turn into like a full-length feature film. This is kind of like when they leaked that uh, Deadpool like kind of proof of concept and then we're hoping to get it made into a movie. I thought this was, I didn't watch all of it. I kind of skipped around because I was at work. But uh, there is a scene in it that is like almost exactly like game footage. Like it does that thing where yeah. it's basically like cinematic and then the letterbox goes up slowly and then you're behind him and the camera movements are like so spot on to an uncharted uh, game like it even goes over the shoulder when he aims yeah. at people and there's a part where it, it definitely could be like a quick time or a, a button press event where like he jumps in the air and he punches someone like and also like everyone has always said from the inception of Uncharted that Nathan Fillion should play yeah. Nathan Drake he's always been the obvious choice because the character Nathan Drake looks and sounds a bit like Nathan Fillion so everyone has always wanted a a film based on the Uncharted series starring Nathan Fillion and now that exists basically as the short fan film and you're right yeah whoever directed this thing did basically the best job uh, that anyone has ever done adapting a game to a film because yeah. they they made it feel like the game. Uh, and it was so good. Yeah, not just in the fact that it feels like the characters and like them saying things that they would say and doing things that they would do, but also just having those sort of gamey moments where, yeah, the camera sort of like moves in behind him so it's like a third person action shot the way it would Mm -hmm. in the game uh but yeah just like sort of capturing those uh sort of action moments that feel very much like what you would have played in the game do you think this will lead to a full-length movie i have no idea but i really hope it does because it's gotten a lot of buzz uh this last week so maybe nathan fillion is great to the point where like he's going to be in a new fall show on abc and i usually don't watch network tv but i like nathan fillion i think this is another reason why this got made because he has been a little bit like not in shape and i think he had to get super in shape for this show because he plays a cop so like now that he's all fit he's able to like do crazy stunts and whatnot so like yeah I i i love nathan fillion I was going to say, I, I've seen him in Castle uh, a few times, and yeah, he did not look this in shape. So he <laughs> very definitely got in really good shape, to uh, supposedly for this other TV show that he's doing. But like, this is the right time to cast him yeah. as Nathan Drake because uh, he's... You know he's only going to get older at this point, and he's in uh, sh- he's in shape enough to play the character, and you don't want to wait too much longer because then it'll be too old to play the character. So, they- and those kinds of movies are so easy to make. Like it's basically an Indiana Jones movie. All you need is like, like an it's Indiana ancient Jones, mystery. Indiana Jones mixed with National Treasure. If you put those yes, two together, very true. you would have yeah, Uncharted, which sounds basically. great. I would totally watch that. 
Yeah. Especially if Nathan Fillion is the main guy. He's got the he's got that like wit, you know, that he quick does, wit. For sure. He could definitely lead the lead a, a movie like this. And yeah, I like uh, Nathan Fillion a lot as well. I've liked him since uh Firefly. He definitely yeah. has that uh charisma and sort of he's very quippy as well, but he can pull it off in a way that's not irritating. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. I would love to have a full-length Uncharted movie. Maybe we will. Maybe that'll happen now. Who knows? um, Something else you have liked for a long time, Zach, from the beginning is No Man's Sky. That's a little strong. Uh, (laughs) You you played it, I mean. I mean, yeah, but I've played a lot of games I didn't necessarily like. But So, yeah, I I did play No Man's Sky when it first came out, and I enjoyed it for the first, like, handful of hours and then got bored with it and stopped playing it. But they have added a ton of stuff to it, and they have just outlined the next update, which seems pretty massive. And this is, like, if they release the game like today with what it's got in it now and the stuff that like is about to come out like this is above and beyond what they were promising i want to say that like they promised a whole bunch of stuff and they didn't deliver on it and people got very mad at them about it but at this point the game like they stuck with it they didn't give up on it they kept adding stuff to it they kept trying to improve it and uh once this next update comes out they will have essentially uh, done everything that they promised and probably a little bit more well so something that famously they were like very vague about because they were like this is this is like a a shared universe and like you're going to be exploring these worlds and people are also going to be exploring these worlds and if you go to a planet and name it uh other and, people like, do stuff see on it, it. <laughs> exactly so people are like oh it's got multiplayer and they were just like yeah, it's a shared world. <laughs> but then, uh, like, people actually did experiments and tried to be on the same... And, like, there's yeah, so, so, so many planets. It's two, huge, but... Two streamers, I think, within, like, the first month of the game's release uh, happened to land on the exact same planet as each other, and they were in what they could very definitely tell was the same area. And they were, like, tweeting at the the maker of the game and he was like oh it's the universe is so big that could like basically never happen but they had done it within like the first month and the but the the problem was that they couldn't see each other so basically they ruled out the fact that you could actually play multiplayer because even if you happen to find the same planet in this gigantic universe you couldn't see each other so you couldn't interact at all but but that's gonna that's change. That's what this is. Yeah, No Man's <laughs> Sky Next. We we keep calling it the next update because it is. It's called Net. It's called No Man's Sky Next, and yeah. this adds multiplayer and it adds third person camera, which was not a thing that we ever had in the original. And it adds like all this crazy stuff. Like you can have like you can command a fleet of freighters, and like uh, there's unlimited base building. You can build bases wherever you want. But the most, I think, the most important thing is it adds the multiplayer. Yeah, I think that is the thing that people wanted most out of this. So that, that'll that definitely be the biggest selling point. I mean, third person is cool. Uh, th- it was supposed to be kind of a visual overhaul as well. Like, Oh, really? It's supposed to be just sort of improved uh, visuals uh, in general uh, on top of the fact that they were adding third person to both like when you're on foot and in 
like your ships, which I guess is kind of cool. I don't know if I would play it that way or not, but it's nice to have the option. Are you going to jump back in? I don't know. It's been so... I feel like if I were going to jump back into this game, I would start fresh because I have no idea where I left off in the game (laughs) at this point. But yeah, I don't know. I think this is the kind of game I would rather play on PC, and I have it for PS4 because I didn't have my PC back then. But yeah, I don't know. I don't don't know if the updates are free. I want to say they are. I believe that they are, yeah. But yeah, the game just came out recently on Xbox One as well, so... If uh, you're on Xbox and you're thinking about diving into this game, like it is as close as it's ever been to delivering on the original vision of the game at this point as it's ever been. So I would say it's probably worth it, especially if you have some friends to play with, because now you can do that. Yeah, for sure. If you want to jump into this with like other people, I think that changes the game fundamentally and i think it makes it like much more fun yeah that's the thing so like you ask if i want to jump back in i would say if you were also going to jump back in with it into the game or jump in for the first time i would definitely jump back in just to check out what the multiplayer is all about yeah maybe we'll see i don't know it's interesting uh it's something that i definitely want to watch some videos on i mean maybe we'll make a video but i'm very interested to see like how in-depth the multiplayer is like if there are if they added any sort of like co-op puzzles or anything, they probably didn't. It's probably just like exploring together. But I mean, you just explore together in Minecraft and that's super fun. So yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think um, I'm curious what or if there is any sort of added uh, combat element or not. And because like the ship battles were actually kind of fun or just originally uh, but now I feel like there's probably going to be more of an added emphasis on that. Uh, I'm curious how much the the multiplayer um, changes things because is it going to be sort of like a what is that we we always called it No Man's Sea. Oh, the um, pirate game. Sea of Thieves. Yeah, Sea of Thieves where you can actually like encounter other groups of people in their like um you know in their big freighters or whatever and you can like fight them and maybe steal their resources and stuff like that like is that going to be a thing in this game now because that changes everything about the game i believe i did read somewhere in one of the blurbs the one of the things was like you know, work with friends or prey upon them. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I mean, I think the dream of this kind of thing and like Sea of Thieves is not what we have right now. Where when you see players, you're basically like, oh, okay, I'm about to get griefed. Like, it's never going to be. You want like interesting, fun encounters where like you run into someone, you're both using voice chat, and you can almost like like role play a little bit, but most of the time when you run into other people online it's just a terrible experience yeah. and there's not really a way to do de- maybe there is maybe there's a way to design a game where it's hard to be a horrible person but uh well that so yeah that's the thing that i've always said as well like the reason why i'm not playing uh no man's sea i have to the, i cannot see a thieves that's what it's called uh, <laughs> the reason why i'm not playing that or even like i didn't get into the division's dark zone or like GTA's free roam is all of is specifically because of that where like you encounter another person and 
you don't know whether they're just going to randomly kill you and steal everything that you had for no reason at all. So mm-hmm. that's why I like more shared world games like a Destiny or something like that, where the PvP aspect and the PvE aspect are very clearly divided, and you know what you're in for uh, yeah. when you you know pick which mode you're going to join into. You know, we didn't. I didn't put this in the show notes, but uh, that I believe that that. Destiny patch came out today where they added bounties and uh, some quality of life things. Yeah, you said you were trying to get into Destiny 2 the other day, and I'm curious if you got to play any of it at all. I don't know. I haven't checked it out because re- uh, the PS or the PSN servers or whatever were down over the weekend, yeah. and um, I don't know. Like bounties are kind of interesting, but. I am more interested in Forsaken. I think I probably am going to play it. I know that you're still feeling a little burned and you want to wait a little bit, but uh, I don't know. I do. St- I, Destiny One was such a good experience for me, especially like the first couple of weeks, just exploring. I was thinking about this the other day, how like the Cosmodrome is just such an iconic map, and like I know like every single part of it, but I don't really like care about any of the maps in yeah. Destiny Two. Like I. There are definitely parts of the EDZ that I have not been to. And I don't know. I think they're trying to rectify that by making this more of like, like, I don't really care about just like getting like a four pack of missions where like, oh, do these missions on a new planet now. (laughs) Uh, This is more, it seems like hunting down these like eight different barons and each fight is unique and different, which is interesting to me. Something else we didn't talk about. Did you hear that uh, Nolan North is voicing Cade in this DLC? What? Why? Yeah, he. I, I don't know. But uh, maybe it's because uh, Nathan Fillion was busy shooting that cop show or the Nathan <laughs> or Drake thing. <laughs> yeah. But for whatever reason, people are like, oh, yeah, Cade sounds off in all the trailers. And apparently it's because Nolan North is voicing Cade in the Forsaken DLC. I don't know how I feel about that. I, don't, I would do not like losing Nathan Fillion. I th- I feel like it lends credence to the the theory that he actually is dead. Well, so what I think it lends credence to is the fact that Nathan Fillion wants out of the Destiny uh, games. <laughs> like he wants to be. I don't done know. With he that. loves. Like he had a special Ace of Spades replica made for him. Like I he mean, loves may- to be Kate. Maybe he was too busy doing other things, so he couldn't join them for this DLC. So they had to get somebody else to to do it. But I, what I think it is is that. Cade 6 is dead, but he will come back as Cade 7, and so maybe his voice has changed a little bit. Mm. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm maybe I don't, I don't. I'm very interested to see, like, what is going to be happening in the next year for Destiny after Forsaken, because they're going to do that weird new kind of DLC where it's going to be more, like, activity-slash-item-focused instead of story-focused, and I really wonder if they... I mean, they didn't learn their lesson last time, but I wonder if they'll learn their lesson for whatever Destiny 3 is going to be. Like, yeah. I feel like, as with Destiny 1, there's all those like rumors behind the scenes where like they were almost done with the game, and then somebody came in, and they were like, no, take all this stuff out. Uh, and I think with Destiny 2, how it was delayed, they were trying to make it on a new engine. They were trying to do interesting stuff, and then for whatever reason, someone came, and they were like, no. And so they had to use the original engine, and they only had they could only tweak things so much, 
And so that's why parts of Destiny 2, it feels like they like didn't listen, but it could just be that they couldn't listen because they were still kind of like hamstrung by having to use the same engine. So with the forethought of the previous two games, I wonder if they actually will come out with like a, like a revolutionized Destiny 3 whenever that happens. and Because it is supposed to be like a 10-year journey. So, yeah. well, I don't know. I, I'm very interested to see like if Kate actually does die, like what's the, the thing I am most excited about for this DLC is they, I think they're finally understanding that people don't want constant quips. They keep talking about how this is a serious DLC and people aren't just going to be like quipping left and right. Like something happens and your ghost is just like, whoa, what's going on? Yeah, like I, I hate the ghost. I'll be honest. I, find I think so the tone annoying. is definitely going to change. So that remains to be seen. I just am very curious where the narrative is going and like what this game will, because this Forsaken DLC is a big deal in that people don't have to buy it. So it still could be a thing where they lose a significant amount of the player base because. Well, but they're also asking people to pay for like a, a, you know, a more expensive thing in order to get future DLCs. Like, aren't they changing the model of their? like DLC and their payment method and the like going forward. Well, so I think you can just buy the base Forsaken DLC, but if you want the delu- it's like previous years where if you want the deluxe edition which includes the uh, next two DLCs, you can buy that, but yeah, they're not going to be story based. They're going to be like activity/loot based. Which I don't know. Like I don't care about the story in Destiny. Like they've never done a good job of telling that story, so there's Very true. like it's hard for me to get invested in that. But like I, I should admit, I did jump in like a few, like a couple days ago, just to like see where everything was at because they kept saying how they were adding new stuff, and I was curious about it. But like I played for maybe a half hour, and I was like, like I couldn't do anything new. Basically, I had to yeah. try to grind through the old stuff or like go back to grinding for the. Uh, the flashpoint or whatever the weekly stuff mm-hmm. in order to earn stuff to you know gear up my guy and that was all the boring stuff that i got so tired of doing in the first place and left however long ago at this point and so i started doing that stuff again i was like yeah this is boring and this is why i left to begin with so i i put it yeah. down after a half hour and i was just like I don't know, man. Like, I guess maybe if there was, like, the new Forsaken content, like, out there hanging and I could, I knew I could just, like, grind through some of the stuff I could get to that, then maybe I would be willing to do it, but I just wasn't feeling it right now. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely, we'll see. It's always been, I think we've said this a thousand times, but it's always been more about the loot than the story. And when they can wrap their heads around creating interesting loot that you either have to grind for or do like challenges for, I think that will make it the game that Destiny 1 was. But as it stands, like no armor is like super interesting yeah. and a lot of the guns feel samey. Yeah. So have they said anything about refreshing the strikes or like redesigning the strike playlists or doing anything with those? They did say that the director is going to be changed, but I'm not sure how in depth they got on that. Like it's going to it's not going to be that thing again where you like hold L2 and like you have the window that comes up and it's like here are all your milestones. It's not going it's going to be less milestone focused and more like 
activity focused. So instead of you having that list of things you have to do, now like planets are going to be like lit up or something when you have specific things going on and like there's going to be maybe more like daily stuff, which I'm all for. Like I used to love in Destiny 1 going and doing the daily heroic like story mission. That was great. And it would actually get you stuff that mattered because it would give you like heroic marks or whatever. I don't even remember how it was. They had a thousand currencies in Destiny yeah. 1 for a while. But uh, I don't know. I like I have definitely been burned by Destiny as well. But I I just I'm chasing that like that first year of and I guess first and second year of Destiny 1 kind of feeling where I was just like, man, what's going to happen? Like I want this like I want this hand cannon. I want this specific shotgun. I want to do like all this stuff. I want to. Remember when we were grinding for, what was that one shotgun that you had to do all that stuff for? And then the last part of it was doing the brother's strike on the Dreadnought. And you got uh, yeah. it, and it was, like, really cool. Remember that? Yeah, that was the Tex Mechanica one that you, like, flipped around. That was a pretty yeah, cool you gun. Like, and that was a fun thing to do. Like, you had to do a bunch of different things for that exotic quest, and then you and me loaded in, and you had to kill the bosses in a specific way. I think you had to, like, land the final hit on them or something with a shotgun. Yeah, yeah that was That it. was great. Like, Destiny 1, I mean, I've said it, I feel like I'm a broken record, but, like, the getting Thorn was really fun. Like, they just need to fix it. Yeah, <laughs> they, I want it to be good. I, like, I want it so badly to be good. They definitely need to bring back that stuff and make it so that people feel like they have a reason for grinding for things and like some of the the weapons and armor are like really unique and cool and that you yeah they've like given you a quest line so you know how to earn them but also the way you earn them is done in a cool interesting way that you remember and they did uh, like that was an emphasis for them with the taken king but it it feels like it hasn't been ever since and i really don't know why so yeah, they definitely need to change that with uh, Forsaken, but I don't know that they've necessarily said that they're doing that, but maybe they are and they just haven't mentioned it. Maybe we, I mean, we talk about Destiny so much. I feel like maybe when Forsaken comes out, we should just have a section of the podcast where we just like talk about Destiny. Maybe, maybe we'll do, yeah, we'll have a Destiny section to the podcast. With that. The Destiny Corner, or the Destiny Minute, or something. Yeah, that people can either skip over or enjoy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, maybe it'll be the last thing we do ever do. Anyway, um, on to things we actually are playing currently. Uh, I want to talk about your thing first. You wrote Pokemon Go. Oh, yeah, so, what was it? We were talking about it recently. I've not been playing for super long, but I have... Uh, re-downloaded the app and started playing again. Of course, they had their like event in Chicago recently where they're... Yes. And uh, there's been a lot going on with that. So I have been playing it again and I looked up some like guides on how to do some of the new stuff that's been added and like uh, stuff that I should have known from a long time ago and I realized I've been going about like leveling up and evolving characters in the wrong way for a long time <laughs> so oh really yes do tell well there's like uh, an appraisal system that you can go through where so that you know which characters are or Pokemon are worth actually evolving and powering up and I, I paid no attention to that whatsoever uh, in the early days of the game when I was actually playing it quite a bit. And so I have a lot of my like highest combat power Pokemon are not great. <laughs> uh, some of them are good, but uh, yeah. So I'm trying to like essentially remake my roster of 
Pokemon as I go now. Uh, Mm -hmm. And also, like, we played it a bunch when it came out, but we kind of dropped off very quickly, like, as the summer sort of wound to an end there that first year it came out. And I've just sort of picked it up again randomly here and there over time. Like, I used to work overnights in, like, the downtown area here where there's, like, a lot of Pokestops and a lot of Pokemon spawning and all this stuff. So one way I would get through some of those, like, long overnight shifts where I had nothing going on, would I, I would open Pokemon Go and just, like, uh, spend those Pokestops that are near the building and pick up some Pokemon as well. And <laughs> so, like, I kind of leveled up quite a bit just through doing that. Uh, but now I'm actually like back into it. I'm like, this game has been updated enough to where uh, things are pretty interesting and there's a lot kind of going on with it. Like the there are raids now that are... So we can be friends on it. Yeah, and we can be friends. We can trade Pokemon. I keep sending you gifts and I keep wanting you to like open them and then I, send me gifts as well. But I don't have any gifts. You got to spend keep a forgetting- I know, I have to go to a Pokestop. I don't live by... It used to be, man, in the golden age of Pokemon Go, right when it came out, my girlfriend used to live right above a Pokestop, and it was also right by a bar, so a bunch of drunk people would always be putting <laughs> lures on the Pokestop. So I was living I was living the good life, man. I was making it rain. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, now I always forget to turn it on when I'm walking around, and I don't ever... Like, I don't live or work next to a Pokestop, really. Uh, I guess if I walk to the front of the building, I could get to one. But yeah, yeah I just need to start going to them because I haven't been getting any gifts. And also I'm running out of yeah. Pokeballs because I'm only using them. I'm not like gaining yeah, them. Yeah, so that's a problem I've had as well. That's one of the things that is sort of the struggle if you live in like a smaller town or in like a rural area and you want to play mm. Pokemon Go. Uh, but yeah, there, the downtown area has a bunch. And I like last week, I think when I got uh, off of work, I just like decided, all right, I'm going to get some exercise. I'm going to see some sites and I'm going to play this Pokemon go thing again for the first time in like forever. And I actually walked around the downtown area and just like grabbed a bunch of Pokestops and some Pokemon and battled at one of the gyms. And it was a fun time. And it reminded me of why I liked the concept of the game to begin with, because it is about like encouraging you to be active and get out and Mm -hmm. like sort of see uh, points of interest in your town. And but also it's like this fun uh, AR thing that. Yeah, it's just, it's a lot of fun, and it has a lot of character to it. And so, even though I'm not, like, a huge Pokemon person, like, it wasn't a huge thing for me when I was growing up. Like, I watched the original series, but I never played the games. I don't know. Somehow I'm still, like, super into it. So I think it can be fun even if you're not, like, a super Pokemon person or whatever. Uh, But I will say that leads into the other thing that I just started playing today... Just yes, I'm very excited to hear about this. Randomly, out of nowhere, this is a thing that I never thought I would play, but Jurassic World Alive came out, what, two months ago? It came out in May. Yeah. And it is essentially, on the outset, it looks like the Jurassic Park version of Pokemon Go, because it's this AR game where there's a map, and you're in it, and you're collecting these monsters that are actually dinosaurs and you're trying to collect them all and you're, you're doing battle with them. But that, that is where the uh, similarities end for these two games. 
Uh, it is buggier than Pokemon Go, I guess, because it's newer. <laughs> it, it needs some polish, but uh, I'm can you turn off the there. AR like you can on Pokemon Go? Well, so when you're actually capturing them, it doesn't have that AR thing. It what where it has the AR is after you've created one. So that's the that's another difference that we'll get to. But so when you create a dinosaur, there is like an AR option where if you want to, you can like essentially. It's kind of like AR stickers in the Google camera where you can take a picture of it uh, with the dinosaur just sort of in real life or whatever. Uh, But that's sort of the extent of the AR stuff other than the fact that you're in, you're sort of walking in their virtual Google Maps. Yeah. Um, It does a lot of things that Pokemon Go should do or people would like it to do. Like there's PvP, for instance. Ooh, that's what I've always wanted from Pokemon Go. And the other thing is like we were just talking about how it can be rough playing Pokemon Go in like a smaller town or in like a rural area. This game feels like it was designed to be played anywhere. So like people (laughs) in smaller, more rural locations can actually play this game and not have to be like oh this was made for a big city you know where there's all kinds of attractions for people to go like battle at gyms and stuff like it's in uh pokemon go all of the pokestops are tied to points of interest like uh sculptures plaques like pieces of art things like that and the gyms are tied to like parks and like churches and other like bigger significant things. But in uh, Jurassic World Alive, oh, I thought you were talking about Jurassic Park Alive. No, no, no. That's that's Pokemon Go. And in, yeah, in yeah, Jurassic yeah. World Alive, instead of uh, what are they Pokestops? They have uh, like supply drops, and they're they can be anywhere. So like when I open Pokemon Go. Uh, there's one Pokestop like two streets away from me in a place that's not real accessible to me. Uh, but when I open Jurassic World Alive, there's like 10 or more just in my neighborhood that I could easily walk to. So are they constantly dropping or are they always in the same place? They're always in the same place, but you can walk to them and you spend them and you get some stuff. And uh, instead of like when you find a dinosaur, instead of like throwing a Pokeball at it, you launch this drone and so so mm. the capture process is a little bit more elaborate you like hold on the screen and you like move your little drone and you like shoot these darts at it and so you can shoot it multiple times and the more you shoot it and there's like a target on it that you have to like the closer you you hit towards the middle the more uh, points you get basically and mm. what you're trying to do is extract dna from the dinosaurs and Dino DNA. when you yeah exactly dino dna and, <laughs> and when you get to like a certain amount you can then create your own so you're not actually capturing the the ones that you find in the wild you're extracting dna so that you can then sort of oh. create your own and then uh with those dna points you you create them but then you can also use them if you find more of them to level them up and so the battle system like once you earn four like your first four dinosaurs you can then uh jump into the battles which you can do from anywhere you don't have to find some gym at some like park or church literally Mm -hmm. from the your couch you can sit on your couch and you can like start battling with someone from who knows where at any time oh so it's not proximity based exactly so i could battle someone who's in like europe 
I don't know where they're from. You just, uh, it just does matchmaking basically, and it finds somebody and you battle them. And it's this turn based combat system that's somewhat similar to Pokemon Go, where your monster has these like two or three different moves. And they might have, like, some sort of status effect or whatever. And the abilities are all different. And some of them are, like, faster or stronger than others. And you can, like, swap out your... Swap to a different dinosaur as you go. Uh, it's actually probably, I think, a more fun battle system than the Pokemon Go one. Which is very, like, button mashy. I don't know if you've done any uh, gym battles or raids or No, anything. I have never been able to figure out gym battles. I only really catch Pokemon. Uh, I've done some some battle, some gym battles, and I enjoy that. Uh, I've done a couple of raids. I'm not super familiar with that, but I've done a few of them. Uh, but this is so much simpler, and yet so much I think more fun and more strategic because you, you it is this turn based thing where you have uh, four dinosaurs with different skills or different abilities and uh so you queue up attack at the same time your the your opponent queues up attack an attack and uh like you can swap out your dinosaurs and everything and then like it's basically first to three kills wins and then when you win you get uh items like you get in-game currency uh, you get some DNA from dinosaurs that you can use to either create a new dinosaur or level up an existing one. So you don't necessarily have to like go around. Like I literally didn't leave my house today or this evening when I started playing and I leveled up to level three. I had done a whole bunch of battles and I had created like a handful of dinosaurs. What do you, what happens to you if you lose? Uh, you just uh, you just don't get the rewards, basically. There's not a penalty? I don't think so. But, like, when you win, so you get, like, an incubator thing, and it, like, takes a certain amount of time to, like, hatch that. And when you hatch it, it comes with... I guess maybe that's not the right word, but, like, when it's done, you get... It opens and you get, like, some rewards. Like, you get some cash and some DNA and stuff like that. Um, and you only have, like, four slots for those incubators. So, like, basically, once you get to four wins, you have to start hatching those incubators, and they each take, like, three to eight hours or something. And you can speed those up with, like, in-game currency or, like, paid currency. Like, that's where some of the um, in-app purchase elements start to come into play, but, like, you can... Oh, it has uh, purchases. Yeah, it probably has more of them than uh, Pokemon Go. So it is a little bit more sketchy in that way than Pokemon Go. But you can choose to ignore all of that if you want, just the same way you can in Pokemon Go. Like, you don't have to yeah. pay for anything, but you can. I don't know. I actually found it really interesting, and I kind of enjoyed it a lot more than I was expecting to. Maybe I'll download it. Can we be friends on it? I don't know. I am not sure. I want to say not yet. It's very early. Like, it's two months in. Uh, and it definitely needs to adapt some of the things that have come to Pokemon Go over time. But it, it also has stuff that Pokemon Go doesn't. And it does things that I wish Pokemon Go was doing. So yeah, I, I think you should definitely download it and try it. Because you might actually enjoy it. And you since you can play it from like your own home. And actually have some like meaningful progression uh, based on 
playing it without going out and about. Like that means for us in the winter when it's too cold to go out or in the summer when it's way too hot to be outside, you can still play this game and accomplish something. Well, Zach, I'm going to download it. You should. That doesn't mean I'm, I'm going to not play more Pokemon Go. Like I still plan on playing more of that game because I still, I, I'm not sure. I think I still like it better than Jurassic World Alive. But I like the ideas that Jurassic World Alive is bringing to the table as well. And I like the idea that I don't have to leave my house in order to interact (laughs) with it. Or that I can just, like, I don't have to drive somewhere, basically. Like, I can walk around my neighborhood and still accomplish something and gather items. And I can't do that in Pokemon Go. You shouldn't drive when you play Pokemon Go. It gives you a warning thing, like, don't drive. Don't, uh, what else does it say? It says, uh... Don't um, wander into dangerous areas or something like that. Yeah, also, don't trespass. Yeah. (laughs) That's, yeah. Don't trespass and don't drive while playing the game. Oh, also, like, I don't want to mislead you and say that, uh, you can play Jurassic World Alive without needing to leave your house. Like, you still, like, are going to benefit from getting out and about with that game, but you can play it from home well so what i've been playing very quickly uh i went to uh, video games etc and i sold a bunch of ps4 games that i have no interest in playing anymore and i picked up mario rabbits uh kingdom bat or battle what is it kingdom battle mario rabbits yeah because it's something i always wanted to try out and i never had had the time and I was just like, I'll pick it up. And I sold a bunch of games, so I only paid like four bucks for it. Nice. And it's really, really fun. Like, I, uh, I've i been able to put it down. But, I mean, when I play it, I play it for like an hour because it's just like so engrossing to do those turn-based battles. And you feel so good when you like work up like a great combo. So, like, once you beat an area, you can go back and do the challenges in that area, which are like difficult. And there's like secret things you can unlock. So... I beat the first area and I have just started like going through the first area to do like the challenges and to unlock the secret parts of it. But it's very beautiful. Uh, it's like beautifully animated and the graphics are great. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It scratches that like turn-based combat itch. I, I'm really enjoying it. Are you going to get the, uh, what, the Donkey Kong DLC? Maybe. Because like that's another reason like it was on my mind because that just came out and people are really liking that. Yeah. Uh, so it could be that by the time I beat it, if nothing else is out, I might pick up that Donkey Kong DLC because it seems super fun. Yeah, I've been curious about this game, and I would actually really like it if uh, we did a video on it. But uh, maybe, I don't know. I Like, I've never played an XCOM game either, and this is, like, essentially Mario the XCOM game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would, I would love to uh, watch you play some of this. So we should definitely yeah. Do maybe I'll get some footage of it. Yeah, but yeah, it seemed it seemed cool and it came out. It got good reviews. People were really enjoying it. I hear it gets yeah, it's, it's unique. I hear it gets very difficult though. Yes. So I so I I am doing the challenges now, and some of the challenges are kind of difficult. And I realized that like the first uh, zone or like the first world is really training wheels. Like I could put status effects on people, but status effects weren't being put on me and i think the second world is where you start to see like uh enemies being able to like shoot you with the thing that like makes you not able to move or like reduces your abilities 
and like enemies having the ability to have like overwatch where if they see you running then they can get a, they can get like basically an attack of opportunity on you so it could very well be that i think the second world is like a desert slash ice world so it could be that that's where it really ramps up but right now i'm just having fun doing the easy challenges so i guess we'll see what happens yeah all right, well, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, unless you have anything, do you want to have any parting words for this week? Um, no. We'll be back next week. I will have played uh, Super Ma- uh, or what is it? No, Sonic Mania Plus. So I'll have some reviews of that. I'll also have played. We're gonna put some probably some videos out about uh, the Enter the Gungeon update as well. So yeah. look out for and that. I made I made do a video on the Far Cry Five Mars DLC as well. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us for another edition of Starside Chat. Yeah, follow us on Twitter and send us an email with comments and questions and discussion topics at starsidecafe at gmail.com. And we will read them on the next podcast and talk about them and stuff like that. Yes, if you have any questions, we'll definitely do a mail a mailbag. I would love to do a mailbag section. We just got to get some emails. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you later. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you.